You're listening to the Westchester Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ. Happily married for these 37 years. Matter of fact, we're having as much fun now as we ever have had. So I wanted to talk about a subject that uh, has really moved my heart and I think will encourage you today. We're going to talk about the most excellent way out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And no matter where you are in your Christian life, this is an area that you can grow in. If you have mastered this area of your life, uh, then you will ascend to heaven at the end of this service. Because there will be no, no need for you to be on this planet any longer. Let's pray together as we get started. God and Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word that teaches us about you and about uh, Jesus and about the kind of people that you've called us to be. Uh, thank you for the marvelous examples that you show us that if we love you, that we can inspire others to love you as well. Uh, thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. I know personally I owe you everything and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So in First um, Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read it together in just a moment. But I mentioned that Cynthia and I, we're, we're in... Uh, rarefied air as a married couple, uh, about one-third of marriages make it to 30 years. 41% of first marriages end in divorce, 60% of second marriages end in divorce, and 73% of third marriages end in divorce. Not many people go on to get married four times, they just give up after that. A living together prior to getting married can increase the chance of getting divorced by as much as 40%. Now, this is what the world has figured out, but the Word of God has already told us this long before, that if we do it God's way, that the chances of us having a happy marriage really skyrocket. Half of all American children will witness the breakup of a parent's marriage. Of these children, close to half will also see the breakup of a parent's second marriage. You know, there was a time in the church where divorce was rare. Not so much anymore, and I think that's because we've gotten away from God's Word. Now more of the world standard is infiltrating the church, and I want to take us back to the basic principles that we need to apply to our lives so that our lives will work, God will be glorified, and prayerfully our families uh, will be uplifted. Couples that went to religious services and those that went away on a honeymoon, that's about 41%, had lower chances of divorcing, while those who never attend church are twice as likely to divorce. So because you're attending church here today, you've got a better chance of your marriage working out. If you're, if you're a single who hopes to get married one day, keep coming to church. It improves your chances of, of having a successful marriage. You know, Cynthia and I, we give all the glory to God. Without God, I wouldn't even know Cynthia. I met Cynthia in 1975 at a conference in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, it was the Florida Evangelism Conference. At that time, I had a girlfriend, and and first time I'd, I'd ever met her, I was impressed with her. Uh, later on, things didn't work out with me and that girl, and things didn't work out later on with the boyfriend that she had. 
and it was God's plan all along for us to be together. I just had to learn what his will was. So uh, we met in 1975. We got married in 1981, and we've been together ever since. But it's, it's because of God's goodness, because of God's direction. And so over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read this together. And what's happened here is Paul is trying to help the Corinthian church, which we know had a multiplicity of problems. I mean, all kinds of things were going wrong. They, they had lawsuits going in the church. There was immorality in the church. Uh, they had struggles in their marriages. There was disunity in the church. People were suing one another in the church. And also, they, mis- they misunderstood the spiritual gifts. Uh, they put priority on gifts that God did not give priority to, such as speaking in tongues, which could easily be fabricated or faked. And Paul comes in and he says, look, you guys are doing it all wrong, that you're majoring in the minors. And he says, and now I want to show you the most excellent way. This is what it's really all about. It's not about the external. It's not about you being able to stand up and try to impress people uh, with your gift of prophecy or your, your, your gift of speaking in a different language. It says that the real crux of the matter, the thing that really counts and what you need to understand is right here in First Corinthians chapter 13. He goes on and says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. And of course, this is hitting them right in their hearts because they were speaking in the tongues of men and angels. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Already I'm convicted. Because he, he's telling us that love is preeminent. That love needs to be our priority in our lives. He goes on, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And of course, this is all the things that was going on in the Corinthian church. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. He's really hitting them on these lawsuits and disputes. He's laying it right out. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. A better translation for that would be love never ends. Love lasts forever. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. See what he's saying? These other things are going to come to an end. But love, it lasts forever. Where there are tongues, that will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect will disappear. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the priority. 
So I want to make three quick points here. Number one, the priority of love. The priority of love. Love is the greatest commandment. Just as uh, the Martin uh, boys just talked about a minute ago, that God commands us to love him first and then to love our neighbor as ourself. Love is at the top of all the Christian virtues. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Colossians 3, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, where at the end of it he says, and over all these virtues, put on love. But the priority of love, what does he tell us? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I gain nothing. It says even if you have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, you gain nothing. If we don't know and don't learn how to care about other people, no matter how great our other gifts are, we miss the mark. Because God wants us to learn on this side of heaven how to care for other people. It's a lesson that I'm still learning. It's, it's ways in which I still need to grow. But God is trying to make it clear to you and me, I don't care about all these other things. If you don't learn how to care about the person sitting next to you, it really doesn't matter to him that you've excelled financially or you've excelled academically or that you've grown intellectually and that you've accomplished this and you have this talent and that ability. He wants to know where is the love? One of the challenges for us as a region is learning to love one another. Learning to come together as one. Having the humility Having the respect and the acceptance in our hearts to consider others better, to not be critical, but to be willing to put forth the effort to bond and to build unity, to have people into our homes that we really don't know that well. For the sake of giving glory to God and learning how to love. God is so serious about this that the highest office in the church is that of elder, bishop, presbyter. And in order to be in that office, you have to be married and you have to have children, at least a child. Why? Because God knows that you learn how to love when you have a wife, when you have children. There are things that you learn about patience and compassion and confessing your sins and forgiveness that a single man just doesn't get. You just don't get it. I mean, living with a woman revolutionizes your life. You will never be the same. Now, you will eat better, and you will live better, and most likely you will live longer. But you also learn that you're a sinner. Cynthia has taught me so much by exposing my selfishness and my seeing her tenderness and her concern for others, which is not necessarily my nature. But I see why God wants leaders, even the deacon qualification, requires that you be married and you have kids because God wants us to prioritize family. And family is all about love. 
all your spiritual gifts are worthless if you don't learn how to love others. You will have a difficult time remaining faithful to God or even doing well as a disciple if you don't learn how to love others. Christianity is a one another religion. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Pray for one another. Confess your sins to one another. Accept one another. I mean, on and on and on it goes. It's about other people. Oh, yes, I know it's about God. But the Bible says that you can't even say you love God, whom you have not seen, if you don't love your brother or sister, whom you have seen. That's the, that's the priority that God puts on it. Because I was talking about earlier, Colossians 3, verse 12. Colossians 3 says, Therefore it's God's chosen people. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on what, church? On love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love is the priority. It is greater than faith. It is greater than hope. Because God is love. Now, Larry Craig, when we go on our men's retreat or whenever he teaches a marriage class, he always uses the example of how he and Mary Lou go out on Mondays and he asks her every week. <laughs> every week he asks her. I don't know how he does this, but he does it. Do you feel loved by me? Do you feel loved by me? I tried that one time when I was off on a men's retreat. And uh, I called Cynthia up and asked her, does she feel loved by me? And she said, we'll talk about it when you get home. <laughs> Not the answer I was looking for. And the question today, as much as you may convince yourself, I love people. And I know I love people. Why don't you ask them, do they feel loved by you? Before you stand up and proclaim yourself the apostle of love, the deaconess of love, why don't you try asking your husband, do you feel loved by me? See, because you can't deny someone else's feelings. You may have all your facts. And you may say, I've done this for you, and I've, and I've cooked for you, and I've ironed for you, and I've done... But does he feel loved by you? Does your wife feel loved by you? One thing about sisters in this church, they do speak the truth in love. But you know, sometimes, without a word being said, it's communicated. I don't feel the love. I don't feel the love. We need to prioritize love in our lives. We need to prioritize love in this region. In this region, we need to understand that because God has loved us, we need to love each other. And it can't be fake. And we can't just go through the motions. We need to mean it from our hearts because, as we're going to see in a moment, love is powerful. It's who God is. It's what He's called us to be. It's how people see Jesus in us. It's through us loving one another. The priority of love. Point number two. The practice of love. 
the practice of love. You know, the Bible tells us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And sometimes we can think because we've heard something many, many times that by osmosis we're doing it. I know what the Bible says, but that doesn't mean you're doing it. The Bible says do not forsake the assembly in Hebrews chapter 10. Just because you know that, the Bible prioritizes the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12. Just because you know that doesn't mean you're doing that. The Bible says that the word of God is, is the bread of life. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the word of God. That doesn't mean you're studying your Bible every day because you, 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 you have one. Are you putting it into practice? Samuel told Saul, King Saul, he says, God does not delight in sacrifices as, 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 in, as much obeying the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice. God is much more concerned about what you do than about what you say. And we can talk, can't we, people? We can say a lot. But what God wants to know is what are we doing? So, in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 4, what does it say? Man, you read these things, and if no one in here, if you don't get convicted by any of these things, then you, we need to check your pulse. Are you, are you alive? He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. And, and the Corinthians were envious of one another. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not proud. It is not proud. Help us, Lord Jesus. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not easily angered, brothers. It is not easily angered, sisters. It's not. It keeps no record of wrongs, church. No record of wrongs. Doesn't bring up the past. Doesn't harp on what people did last year or last week or last month or yesterday. No, God doesn't keep a record of your wrongs. Why would you keep a record of other people's wrongs? Aren't you grateful that on the day of judgment, none of your past wrongs are going to come up? And trust me, our list of wrongs far exceed our list of rights. It's a long list. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love always does those things. And we do this because he first loved us. Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, you need to become one because of God's love for you. But Christians should not be impatient people. We should not be unkind, mean people. Are you mean? Some of us, we're just irritable people. What's wrong with you? I mean, you 
don't even like being around yourself. No wonder no one else likes being around you. We can't put you in the kids' kingdom because you'll make all the babies cry. It's just, get over it, man. Good grief. Envious, jealous, boastful. Christians shouldn't be proud and rude and selfish. We shouldn't be easily angry. We should be people. It should take a lot for us to get angry. Somebody cut you off. And, and it's like, and you're throwing all kinds of sign languages at them that are not of God. That's not Christ-like. We, we shouldn't be that way. Unforgiving? Who are we not to forgive? Because of all that we've been forgiven. Sometimes we compare our strengths with other people's weaknesses. We compare all of the greatness in our lives with all the weakness in someone else's life. Who are you to not forgive, you wretched sinner yourself? Praise God. He's not like that. Parents, your children need to see the love of Jesus in your life. They need to see the love of Jesus in your marriage. They need to see the love of Jesus in your relationships. These kids have come back from camp as was talked about earlier. And they're at a spiritual high right now. I hope they can stay asleep, during, stay awake during my message. What do they need to see now? Because they know, they know the real you. They know the, 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 the behind the scenes you. The person, they know the you that we do not see. And they need to see the love of Jesus. No, you're not perfect. But if you put First Corinthians 13 into practice, they will see Jesus in you. Brothers and sisters, we need to show and express love to one another. You know, now 37 years of marriage, and some of these areas, Cynthia has been better at them than I have. And a couple of them, just a couple of them, I have done a bit better than she has. But the ones that we, I think we need to really, and I reemphasize as a church, love keeps no record of wrongs. No record of wrongs. We can't move forward in our relationships with one another. We can't even move forward in our relationship with God if we keep holding on to a record of wrongs. It's arrogant. It's not of Christ. This is how we move forward. No, things are not always done perfectly. Yes, People do make mistakes. We all mess up. And yes, we do need to be corrected, but in love. In love. I can take it if I know that you love me. And it's not just about setting people straight. It's about letting them know that you cared enough to step up and say something to help them. I care. That's what it needs to be about. He says love always perseveres. We, we can't give up on one another. Man, you know what? Sometimes it is hard to keep loving people. It is, can, can, can you relate? Sometimes you just want to go, Lord, take them on. Just, I'm done. Enough already. 
Either you bring me home or you take them on. But we, we can't do this no more. We can't do this together. And right there when you're at that breaking point, when you're at the point in your life when you're like, I can't take anymore, you need to go back to the cross and remember that Jesus was up there looking down on you when you were at a point when you were despicable, when you were wretched, when you'd done all. And God said, I will not give up on you. Some of us, we've gotten saved, we've gone back and messed up all over, and the minute we turned to come back, God was there with His arms wide open, and He never gives up on us. He keeps on persevering. He keeps on hanging in there. Aren't you grateful? You know what? Sisters, especially married sisters, forgive us, men. We're not that sprite. We don't get it. So you understand what I'm feeling? Just be honest. No. I have no idea why you're, why you're crying right now. Absolutely. I, 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 I just, you have an overflow of water coming out of your eyes. I really cannot comprehend this moment right now. But I tell you what. Please don't give up on me, because I'm, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. And, 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 and we, we've got to understand that this is, how, this is how our marriages work. You know, Cynthia has never wanted to divorce me. Never. But she's wanted to kill me quite a few times. That's just the way, that's how relationships are. That's why the Bible says bear with one another. Really what it means is learn to put up with each other. You, you can't make it in life if you don't learn to put up with people. You have to put up with your own children. I mean, your offspring, the, the, the gremlins that you brought into this world. You have to put up because people don't always do things the way that you think they should do them or how you think they should do them or respond the way you... And you're just like, who is this creature? Why? Why would God do this to me? To teach you that love always perseveres. Love always. Am I right? Just tell somebody right now, I'll never give up on you. Tell them. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean. And then finally. You know, he tells us, he says, and I want to remind you of this in 1 John 4. God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. 1 John 4, 16, and so we know and rely on the love God for, has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is and God in him. Are we imitating God? God's love is unconditional. God's love is undying. God's love is unafraid to love us again, even after we've hurt him. Man, that's a big love. And we're not easy to love, and God loves us anyway. There are days, man, when we are a mess. And God still loves us. 
you can't do anything to make God love you any more than he does. And you can't do anything to make him love you any less. That doesn't mean you can have a relationship with God. There are things we need to do to have a relationship with God, but his love is always there. Always there. And then finally, the power of love. Do you know that love is powerful? It says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love is amazing. Love breaks down barriers. You know, we've sent people on mission teams who didn't know the language. And they were still successful because they communicated the love of Jesus. They communicated the love of God. I mean, we've sent people who had no business going to certain countries and they've gone. And God has blessed it because of the power of His Word. And the power of love. I am here today because of the love of God. I mean, when I went to church, I don't remember the sermon. I don't remember the songs that were sung. I don't remember the dynamics or the architect of the building. But I do remember the love of God that I saw. And that I felt. And that's what people need to see when they come here. They need to see the love of God. They're not going to remember our, our, our songs. You know, was it a cappella or did you use instruments or why don't you have instruments? Y'all can't afford instruments? Or poor church. I mean, that's, people have been going to church all their lives seeing a show. They need to see the love of God in our lives. That's what, that's what changed me. That's what changed me. In John 13, Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus doesn't make love an option. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. If you're going to be in my kingdom. It's, it's, it's a requirement. For calling yourself a Christian, Christ-like. And you cannot stop, and Satan knows it, you cannot stop a church filled with the love of Christ. You can't stop it. God will use it. It will change the world. It will change the community. It will change the neighborhood. And that's why we have to work so hard at learning how to get along with each other. Because the devil is always in there trying to create division. Because he knows a house divided against itself cannot stand. But a house united in the love of Jesus, disciples who are loving God and loving one another and building friendship and building each other up and encouraging one another every day. You can't stop that church. You can't stop it. God will bless it. People will come and turn themselves in to God because they want to be a part of God's family. It's powerful. You know, I was reading about a story as we come to a close here about uh, a mother who last year this time was in a, at a beach in Panama City and her two sons had waited out and they got caught in a, in a riptide and were screaming and could not get back. And then she went out and other people went out. And as they went out, they all got caught up in the same riptide. And so what happened was 
80 people formed a chain, the beachgoers. And two of the stronger swimmers went out and grabbed those nine people one by one and brought them to that chain. And they pulled them in one by one and saved all nine people who were caught out in the riptide. You see, we can save the world if we connect with one another. I want you to grab somebody's hand if they're willing to let you. The world is drowning in the riptides of sin. We need to form a love chain and pull them in. There are brothers and sisters in this room who've waited too far from the shores of salvation, too far from the shores of of security in Christ. We need to pull them back in through the chain of love. Somebody in this room is drowning spiritually. They're hurting. We need to pull them in through the chain of God's love that can only be found in the church of God. Now, what does he tell us as we come to a close? I want you to stand together. Let's, let's form that chain. Let's form that love chain. I mean, Kevin has already bridged the aisle. What does he tell us? Love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. That's what he tells us. There will be many on that day when we get to heaven who we will thank for having shown us the love of Jesus. I will thank my wife for showing me the love of Jesus. I will thank many of you for showing me the love of Jesus. As a church, let's form that chain and let's bring everybody in to the safe shores of the love of Christ. Let's pray together. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for having loved us, especially at a time in our lives when we were so unlovable. At just the right time, God, you came into our lives to rescue us. And God, we pray that the love of Christ now would compel us to love each other. Thank you for your amazing example through Jesus of what it means to love unconditionally. God, we fall so far short. We've got so far to go. But help us, God, to learn to love as Christ has loved us. Help us each day to take steps further to becoming less of who we are and more of who He is. Thank you, God, for the power of Your Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Help us to be filled with it. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nyccoc.net.